if I don't feel like doing it, I'm not going to do it. There's a mindset there. There are things that we have to work through and I'm really just giving them their power back, right? I'm just helping them redefine their relationship and I'm letting them know like if you have a large task list and you don't have everything, you don't get everything done, it says nothing about your self-worth. It says nothing about your ability to get things done. What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship. You know, after you've taken your first steps, but before you can live off your passion. Join me, Athena, as I learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Today, I have with me Raya Hodges, who is an intentional change agent and a time management coach. So can you give myself and the audience a bit of background on you and your work? Yeah, so I go by an intentional change agent, and I am really like an enthusiast about living intentionally. And my journey started, I would say, six years ago. But it really kicked off when I graduated from college. I just started to redefine a lot of things for myself. And I realized that the American dream wasn't actually what my desired lifestyle looked like. So I was just always very passionate and I valued personal growth and personal development. So that led into me like, you know, having a blog, talking about, you know, mindfulness, your mindset and things like that. And then I was wondering, like, how could I actually help women live more intentionally? And that's when I got certified as a time management coach. I help women specifically set intentions for their life. And then I help them or I give them the strategy and the structure to actually get those things done. So it's kind of like tying my passion and my strength in a strategic work together. So that's a little bit about what I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. There's so much in that that I want to touch on. <laughs> I The first thing is the concept of the American dream. We have so many definitions for words that have been given to us. So for instance, success. Success in the typical definition, I guess you could say, is quite narrow and it looks kind of like one of three things. I think that leads to so much displeasure or like, malcontent in people's lives because we're like, well, I'm not doing that thing that looks that the picture's painted like this and my picture doesn't look like this. And it's like, yeah, most people's aren't. So yes, I very much relate to what you're saying about, you know, the American dream in quotes is not what you're after. Mm -hmm. So what did that, what prompted your, you realizing that? It was this video I stumbled across on YouTube about minimalism. Actually, are you familiar with minimalism? So I watched the documentary and I don't call myself a minimalist, but I I do support and believe in some of the principles. But what that did for me, it helped me change first my relationship with things and possessions. And so I started to really just see the world differently, you know, and I understood or it gave me an understanding that I had a choice, that I didn't have to live this life that I was about to set out to try to live for myself after I graduated college. Like there were other options for me and I didn't know that. And when I started going down this path, it was just so eye-opening for me because 
it helped me slow down my pace of living. It helped me decide what success looked like or felt like for me. And I just got into this rhythm of being very empowered in the way I led my own life based off what I valued and what I wanted. So that's what minimalism did for me. And it was just like detaching from all these things that I thought gave me value. And specifically, I'm just going to say it like in the black culture, we're like label heavy, right? Like with the things that we buy, like we care a lot about labels and designer stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it starts to, or people let it define them. Right. So I just kind of shed it myself of all of that. I still like luxury things and things like that, but everything has its proper place now. And I care more about experiences. I care more about growing. I care more about learning. I care more about exploring. So that's what minimalism did for me. So it just led me down a very, very healthy journey. So that's kind of how I looked at the American dream and was like, actually, no, I don't, I don't really want to live like that. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something interesting is that intention and intentional, they sort of have these dual meanings, right? Where there's the Mm -hmm. intention of what is the motivation or the reasoning behind what you're doing. But then there's also the definition of what are you focused on, right? Like, what is it that Mm -hmm. you are doing, I hope that makes sense. Yep. No, and so, it does. It makes perfect so sense. So which of these do you find that your clients are are looking for help with? So from a business standpoint of what I help people do, they are mostly looking for the structure, right? The strategy and the structure for how to get things done. But I dig a little deeper because when it comes to time management, my approach is more holistic because I'm asking them about what did you grow up believing about time? You know, I'm asking them those type of questions. And I'm for a lot of my clients, I've had to help them detach their self-worth from their level of productivity. So it's twofold, right? Because when you think about intentions, I'm really trying to bring them to a point of awareness that they may not have been living at before. But then I'm also giving them the structure and the strategy to get things done. And it just it's a beautiful journey and their relationship with time starts to change. Their relationship with their life starts to change. And we kind of just redefine what productivity looks like for them. Right. Because when I when I think about intentionality, I'm thinking about you really stepping aside from what society told you this should mean for you. I don't tell people what intentionality looks like for them. I help them figure that out on their own. So it's not just this one broad way, like this is what intentionality means. It's something different for everybody, but I help them start that journey. So a lot of them are looking for that structure and that strategy, but then a lot of them are really trying to fix or redefine or establish a new relationship with time management and productivity. It sounds a little bit like in terms of how you maybe initially had to market the results, you you have to use this kind of language such as like time management or productivity. Mm -hmm. But when you get them in, Mm -hmm. then you give them what they really need that they didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally different experience. Like it's an experience for them. 
you know, I, I ask them what their intentions are. We work on that. But through the conversations and the coaching sessions that we have, I'm digging deeper. Like, you know, when I talk to people who are like, if I don't feel like doing it, I'm not going to do it. There's a mindset there. There are things that we have to work through. And I'm really just giving them their power back. I'm just helping them redefine their relationship. And I'm letting them know, like, if you have a large task list and you don't have everything, you don't get everything done, it says nothing about your self-worth. It says nothing about your ability to get things done. And then helping them with that, that self-talk, because a lot of us have a negative, like negative self-talk. We either shame ourselves or we blame ourselves. And I always tell people like, we only do the best we can until we know better. So for me, like accomplishing is really important, right? So like we want to get these things done, but I'm, I care more about how you feel in your everyday life while you're doing those things. So that's where I bridge the gap. So that's where the program or working with me is, is very different than the time management stuff you hear from gurus or that you read in books. This is a question I've thought of a lot, especially because I do something similar with my clients in a way where it's it's almost like it's a needling. The questions I'm asking are helping to unveil to themselves what they're, first of all, already saying and you know what that means they believe, all these things. I have personally been struggling with who's doing that for me, <laughs> you know, because everything seems <laughs> mm-hmm. obvious to myself. And so when you need that external person to ask the questions, to make you hear what you're saying, like who, who is the, who is your coach or like, do you have a coach? So I definitely, I have accountability partners. I have mentors, but I will say that the nature of the support and the accountability they give me is not necessarily what you're talking about. And I've never really thought about that question before, but I think that I've just practiced being self-aware and watching my thoughts a lot. And I have prioritized self-care. So I'm checking in with myself a lot. I'm always asking myself, like, what do you need right now? I pay attention to how I feel before I do something. I set you know, my atmosphere, I've just found different things to do to keep me at a level of ease. And I reflect a lot. I may not do something like so routine and rigid and robotic as like journaling every day, but I do reflect on how I'm feeling and I just kind of try to stay present. But at some point, I know that I'm going to need someone to be that sounding board for me in that way. Because a lot of my accountability partners right now and mentors, they're all like, about just leveling up our lives as far as like wealth creation and uh, building a business and things like that. But those more internal things, I don't have anybody, but I also lean a lot on my beliefs and my spirituality too. So prayer and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Shifting gears a little bit. I like your website a lot. Thank you. (laughs) I'm really fascinated by the copy and I want to know how did how did that come to be? The website? How did you find not the website as much as the copy? Like how did you find the words that you used? Honestly, I just thought about me. Yeah, I was like, it's it's mm-hmm. interesting because I, I was talking to a friend earlier today and we were talking about my values and my brand. 
and what I really stand for. And she was like, it just, it just flows out of you. Like in that it, it really does. Cause it's just really who I am. So I just put on there who I, who I was and what I thought people would care about. And I told my story and I, I just told my story in a way that I, I knew people would relate to. But I think that I just really know what my message is. And when I, and because I know what my message is, it was just easier to like convey that. And I used to write a lot actually. So writing for me is kind of easy to just like write and get things out. I used to blog and I wrote poetry and stuff. And I used to write a lot when I was a kid. So like copywriting is just something that is kind of like, I wouldn't say a natural thing because it still takes effort, but it's just a little bit easier for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does how does one get clear on their message? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Or even their mission. That's a good question. You know? And I always I think it's always good for you to have a mission statement for people to create a mission statement. And the first thing I would say is don't overthink it. You know, like if you got to do your research, if you got to look at examples and see how other people have written theirs. But honestly, <laughs> there's this. This method called Super Thinking Sessions. There's a podcast podcast episode on it. And I think it's on this podcast called The, the Life, Life Coach or something. Life Coach School. And she talks about these super thinking sessions where basically you ask yourself a question and you just you sit with yourself and whatever comes, like whatever just naturally comes, you you start to write and then you keep questioning, like you keep questioning what you came up with. And I think that. For somebody trying to get clear about what it is that they want to do, that's a good place to start because it's just you and what's inside of you is just you and your thoughts. Like no external anything telling you what it should be, what it should look like, what it can't be, but it's just really you and your raw thoughts. And it can give you some clarity because you may find out that what you thought was your message is probably different or it kind of ties into it, but it's not like the main thing. So I would say look at what you really, really care about at the end of the day, things you love talking about that people come to you about or what is something that people think about when they think of you. Those are just some starting points to kind of dig into like, what is my message? What do I really care about? What do I want to convey to the world? But then also thinking about it from a standpoint of you, you create your world. So what is the legacy that you want to leave? You know, I want to leave the legacy for people. I just want to remind them how important personal growth and personal development is outside of the traditional school system. That's the legacy I want to live. Like I want to promote growing even in your adulthood. So knowing that that's how everything else tied together for me. One of the things you touched on is sort of prioritizing and the importance Mm -hmm. of of prioritizing and definitely I agree with you it's like we have a limited amount of energy in a given day so we should be putting forth the most energy towards what's most important do you have any tips for people who are multi-passionate you know, mm-hmm. everyone, literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> who maybe have so many projects that they're interested in or so many different ideas that they want to follow. How can they choose sort of, okay, if we're only doing three this quarter, you know, what are they? So that's a really good question. 
ultimately, I think when you have multiple projects and multiple things that you want to work on, the easiest way to decide which ones you should prioritize is first asking yourself, like, the why. Like, what is the why behind this, right? Why do I want to do this? And then how will doing this make me feel? Because remember how I was saying, like, achieving things are important. But from my standpoint, I care more about how you feel while you're doing it. Because what I've learned is that a lot of people have intentions or goals. I use those words interchangeably. But a lot of people set intentions or goals because of a feeling they think they're going to get or experience after they've accomplished that. And sometimes they end up setting wrong intentions and wrong goals and going after the wrong thing. So I think it's always good to stop first, ask your why and ask, how do I think, how do I want to feel? Is this project going to give me that feeling? Because a lot of times we have a lot of projects and things that we pick up that we need to just put down because it's just not aligned with who we are or where we're trying to go anymore. So I think it's a very internal conversation that you have with you and nobody else is there. You know, like, don't turn and look to external resources to tell you what it is that is happening inside of you because only you are going to know. And we sometimes know what we should be working on. But when we're looking at everybody else, we're like, oh, I should be moving like this. I should I should probably try this. I should do this. Oh, this that's working for her. Let me try that. That's not being intentional. That's trying to keep up with everybody else. So I think that with your projects that you've chosen, they're very specific to you. You just have to remember why you chose them. And is this still something that you want to do? So I would say those are my Mm. tips. Yeah, I love that. I think especially the remember why you chose because it's so easy. I mean, here's the hot tea, guys. (laughs) It's pretty mundane to do whatever you're trying to do. (laughs) You know, most of the work is minute and boring. Oh, amen. Amen. It is very boring. Right? (laughs) So then, you know, maybe you're writing your copy for your 700th blog post or whatever, and you just check Instagram and you're like, dang, actually what I should be doing is X, Y, Z. I should be focusing on Reels or TikTok. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. So I just think that question of like, okay, but why did I start this blog? Mm -hmm. Just always a reminder of like, what was, as you said, what is the intention behind yeah. this? You know? And keep it simple. Keep it simple. Like, mm-hmm. simplify as much as you can. And keep it simple. Like, can I share a story with you first? I call it my, um, my million dollar lesson that I just had recently. And it's so profound because it really shows like the, fe- it really shows that I really live the things that I talk about. And you're familiar with Clubhouse, right? Yes, vaguely. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Clubhouse, for those who don't know, it's this, like this audio social media platform. And my mentor pinged me into this room. Now, him, him and I, we do marketing work together. And it was a lot of heavy hitters in the marketing world in this room. And this one guy was talking about how he made a million dollars in maybe 24 hours. And they were just spitting off like these numbers that was like legit. Like this is this is what they do. This is the type of like profit their companies make and everything. And I started to feel like I wasn't doing enough. 
right? I started to feel like, wait a minute, hold up. If he's doing this, but I quickly checked in with myself and I said, Raya, do you even want to make a million dollars? Now, I know that sounds like a crazy question, but let me explain why I asked myself that. It's because a couple of years ago, I calculated how much it cost me to live my dream lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I know how much I needed to live my dream Mine lifestyle. Mine is $223,000 a year. <laughs> See? <laughs> and mine, I think mine came to like 300000 or something. It was like 32000 a month, uh-huh. right? And that like literally me considering everything for me to live my dream lifestyle. Right. And We're so, talking private Muay Thai classes. We're talking exactly. $3,000 vacation. <laughs> yes, I feel you. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And the reason I did that is because like we always be like, oh, I want to make more money. But if you make more money, where is it going? For what? You know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with making money. Money is a great tool. It gets so much, so many great things done. It accomplishes so much great stuff. Like if that's how you choose to look at it, that's how I choose to look at it. And I asked myself that question because I was about to go down a rabbit hole. I felt myself looking at my business. I felt myself trying to like asking myself questions like, how can I make more money? How can I do what he, and I was like, hold up, wait, I I don't even need to live that type of lifestyle. I'm not saying that I don't want to make a million dollars, but I don't need to because I know what enough is for me. And I think that that's the mindset of somebody who's living intentionally, you know, like I'm all for wealth. I'm all for generational wealth and abundance, but I had to ask myself that question. So I didn't go down that rabbit hole. And so I call that my million dollar lesson because it was like, it was kind of like all the work that I had been doing manifested when I needed it the most, mm-hmm. you know, like it came out of me when I needed it the most because I, I just felt it. You like, you get pulled into this, this rap, this rat race of like, no, I got to do it like, like him, you know? And I carry that lesson with me now. And I think I'm going to forever tell that lesson because it's so important and it really paints the picture of what an intentional life looks like for an individual. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that's that's a really important thing to highlight that. Yeah. First and foremost, status is forever unattainable, you know? Like you mm-hmm. can't The thing with status is that you can never be satisfied because there's always more status to attain. Mhm. Mhm. I suppose except for Beyoncé, but you know there's literally the one of her and then the you know 6.9 billion of the rest of us (laughs) so it's it is this interesting thing where it's tough I've personally been having trouble with Instagram where I understand that the way that it works is you kind of have to do a certain social proof in a certain type of way but I also don't necessarily want to move in a way that is like I'm working on the beach I only work five hours a week and whatever, because even if that was the case, I wouldn't assume that that's going to be the case for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how do you interact with this platform that is all about status and all about truly a filter without one losing yourself or at least presenting in a way that feels authentic, duplicitous? Yeah. 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 But then obviously we need to use it. Right, right. That's a great question. And I would say you have to find your people. You have to mm-hmm. set clear, clear boundaries on Instagram and any social media platform and how I did it. And I didn't know that it would be such a game changer for me when I did it. But I have a highly curated feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't follow people 
who invoke any type of envy. I'm more mm. so like I go on there like I really create the experience for myself with social media. A lot of people allow social media to create the experience for them, but I create my experience. So I go on there for inspiration. I go on there for community. So the things that I see are beautiful. You know, like they remind me of who I am. They remind me of what I believe in. They remind me to check in with my friends and to support what they're doing. So like I may follow a certain amount of people, but I'm going to be real. Like 90% of them are muted. Just Mm -hmm. being honest. And I've unfollowed a lot of people because I realized that I have to really control what I look at every day because you will, you will, it will literally make you sick sometimes. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. you're just seeing like everybody's highlight reels. And then you create these problems in your mind about why your life is not adequate, which is a total lie. And now you're, now you're doing all these things and you're moving in a way so that you can try to measure up, but it doesn't feel real or authentic for you. So when I was talking to my friend today, I told her, I said on Instagram, like, I'm just being myself. Like, I just want to talk about whatever I want to talk about. I'm just being myself and whoever can relate, they're going to be able to relate to me. But I think that starting with the boundaries and then be unapologetically yourself. You hear it all the time. You may feel like you got to look like everybody else. But honestly, I feel like people are tired of seeing that. On Instagram. I know I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I just want to see everyday people now like living a, a, a life that feels and looks good for them. Like what is, you know, your lifestyle look like for real, for real. So that's how I go about it because I get caught up in it too. Like having a business and feeling like I got to do or move a certain way. And it always feels unnatural. It always feels unnatural for me. So I've completely changed my content strategy for 2021 honestly, because of that reason. And I'm just being myself. I'm just sharing the things that are very authentic to me. And I think people will be able to tell that. Cacao, now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. How have you cultivated your innate strengths? My innate strengths? Mm, Solitude. Spending time alone really gave me the ability to own my my individuality and that's what has really that's one of my strengths is that I'm not afraid to go the opposite direction of a crowd and I've learned how to sit with myself and ask myself those hard questions through solitude do you ever suffer from overthinking I used to I have it's Honestly, it's a little bit better now. It's weird. Like the like lately, I have been at a very good place of ease. I used to overthink a lot, but brain dumping helps helps me with that. Have you ever mm. Have you ever brain dumped? Yeah, I have that, it. I have a se- a section for it in my journal. Yeah, that helps me with that. Sometimes whatever I'm thinking about, I just I just need to get it out, and then I'm usually okay. Mm-hmm. Or pray. <laughs> one of those, bring right. up a pray, one of those, and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. How do you measure time? Well, how's it going? How do I measure time? Uh, it's going to be weird to say that I kind of, I don't really. I just, I look at time as an experience. But, okay, honestly, I would say I don't measure time because I try to focus on the here and now. I try to stay in the moment. Because in all actuality, all you have is right now. And... It's great to think about the future, but if you're always thinking about the future, you don't live your life right now. And if you're always stuck in the past, you don't live your life right now. 
So I would say I don't. Um, I just kind of focus on the, the here and now. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question of this round. How do you, Raya, personally strike a balance of planning without obsessing over the future? Mm, that's good. So I plan, well, how I do it is like, I just, I plan things like quarterly, honestly. I just focus on like one, like one quarter at a time, but I do weekly resets. Yeah, I do weekly mm-hmm. resets. So I kind of know what the vision is or like what the end goal is for a quarter. Um, and then I fill things in as I need to, to like make sure that I'm staying on track. But once I have this method called the triple C method, which is capture, categorize, and calendar. Once something's mm-hmm. on my calendar, I don't think about it no more. Like, Mm -hmm. because that's the system I use so that I can free my mind to think about other stuff without me obsessing about the future. So that's kind of how I I, I balance it. I I let my calendar assist me so it can get off of my mind. Awesome. Kakao, that ends the seedling round. So I like to end on two things. First, what is your greatest ambition? My greatest ambition is to build a community uh, of women who value um, personal growth and personal development and who are really living their desired lifestyle. And they're sharing that experience with the world. So I really just want to cultivate a community of other people who are, who are doing or living their version of, I guess, the American dream, <laughs> like <laughs> living their version of it and, and doing it with ease and calm and just joy. Like, I just want to see, I, I, here's my why. I hate mm-hmm. seeing women have to choose between living an intentional life or merely surviving. I don't want to mm-hmm. see women just survive in life. So my greatest ambition is to help them actually live intentionally incredible and what is the question of the week how do you want to feel (laughs) how do you want to feel (laughs) how do you want to feel in this life so where can people connect with you so you can connect with me at rayahodges.com raya j hodges on instagram and i have a youtube channel called all things raya and it's all linked on, on my Instagram, too, or on my website. So you'll be able to find all three. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, of course. I think this was an awesome episode. Awesome. I, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. It was truly an honor. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests. And it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayo.